Testicle Spectacles Wallet and Watch. Somewhere out there in the ether is the knowledge that we seek. Welcome. Straight out of Shumway. Yeah, boy, Rocco. King size muscle, king size muscle too. With your local 666 269 podcast. All right, my thanks, of course, to White Bat Audio for their two hour Sith Wave mix, royalty free on YouTube. Always appreciate those kind of things. <sighs> well, let's consider this an early post because we got to get some content up because people are asking and they're hungry. I've got some interviews uh, scheduled. You know, it's like to be juggling cats um, and hurting cats, which is, which is a, a pretty good commentary considering the nature of conspiracy theory. And boy, I tell you, as Americans, we love our conspiracies. It seems like, you know, it's as exciting to us as owning a lot of firearms. Does it serve a purpose? I'm not exactly sure, but we definitely are famous for our conspiracies. And granted, some of them have been proven to be true. But when you live in the simulation... Anything is possible. All right. Um, so the idea of uh, conspiracy theories, we can find many to entertain ourselves with and get lost down the rabbit hole. But we got to be careful because we don't want to get too delusional with our maladapted, maladapted ideas or thinking. It's always fun as a, an exercise in imagination, perhaps, but... Sometimes we have to be careful that we don't believe everything that we think. And if you have a brain, like me, the scarecrow after visiting the Wizard of Oz, you might think too much. <laughs> and like many of the people that uh, I'm following and following me, I'm sure, getting to sleep at night is uh, sometimes difficult as well. But whenever you do sleep... Um, it is what it is. So we can figure out this concept, of course, of simulation theory. Is it a conspiracy? Well, there is some science behind it that says maybe not. Also notice the concept, how it's entered popular culture, this idea of a multiverse. I would suspect the first time I heard about this was in what the bleep do we know when they were talking about string theory. And through string theory, we started getting these little bubbles. And we realized that these bubbles could be mm, other forms of reality. <laughs> and so if we layer them all up like a bunch of soapy bubbles, then yeah, okay, we got some kind of string theory. Now, obviously, people that are much more intelligent than I am, uh, that have PhDs out the yin-yang, and all they do is uh, study this kind of nonsense. Um, they have a lot better way of, of convincing people that this could be a possibility. Again, I always go just on my gut feeling, my instinct. 
I listened to that little voice deep inside, in the kokoro, in the shin, you know, somewhere between the uh, the central nervous system and the uh, gastric uh, nervous system, intragastric nervous system, which is, of course, your guts. <laughs> so, yeah, literally trust your guts. <clears throat> we believe that there's probably more neurons that are connected within the uh, digestive entro uh, nervous system. Uh, going again back to evolution, you have to think that you know if we if we came out of uh, you know uh, single celled animals and so forth. I mean, basically, we've always been a gut <laughs> for as long as we've been uh, human beings in this particular situation. So. In the process of losing a lot of weight over the years, uh, definitely I've had to keep that in mind. And I can tell when I change my diet, I definitely change the way that my gut thinks. And I tell you, it is uh, an amazing piece of work how you can fine-tune it just through nutrition and hydration and supplementation and, believe it or not, meditation. So, yes, trust your gut. Don't second-guess yourself so much. Don't talk yourself out of it. Usually the first answer that comes to you is the right answer, especially if you are in tune with your higher self and trying to work a source as intention around you. Then it will flow through you, and it will guide you. But you have to trust it. People of faith understand this idea. And so definitely, you know, that lesion in the brain up there in the uh, right frontal lobe is a lot uh, heavier, maybe, or scarred over (laughs) or developed for people of faith who uh, practice secular religions. For those of us that are in free fall that uh, decide to enjoy ourselves with our pantheon, um, perhaps that lesion is not as (laughs) grooved out. And so... uh, there's more room for distortion and abstraction. However you believe or however you think, the main thing is to believe. To take that sense of value that you have. And remember, your values define who you are, and they design who you are, I should say, both, yes. I wanted to say design in the beginning, but yes, design and define who you are. Uh, The values that you have now define who you are in the senses, what you are willing and not willing to do, to say, or to put up with. In the sense, how they design you is the fact that when you put these into action over a period of time, they create a sense of a habit and reality around you that allows you to maximize your gifts. Now, granted, it's not all ice cream and rainbows. There's going to be challenges. There's a lot of other competitive externalized forces and effective variables on each individual situation. Whether or not we're in multiverses uh, or not, that's neither here nor there. Part of the uh, sort of human condition, whether it is real or simulated, is going to have uh, these aspects that will challenge you. If you are in leading a life or you're in a life that is not challenging, what kind of life are you leading? It's part of our natural desire to be tested. It's part of our 
primary design, I would say, to survive, to grow, to progress, uh, to mate, to procreate, to fall in love, um, all of these things that come into play. And it's not streamlined. It comes at a price. And sometimes uh, the greater the challenge, the greater the reward. But also we have to identify when it's just a case of the fuckery. <laughs> Fucked by the fickle finger of fate, as my dear old dad used to say. Uh, indeed, the fuckery, according to my buddy. Those are those effective variables. I mean, you can be in state, you can be in flow. And let me tell you, sooner or later, you're going to come up to uh, either a fork in the road or a roadblock or a bridge out or a storm. You take your pick. And it's those values that are going to define whether or not you really are in tune with your source and higher self, because that's the test. Can you level up? Can you get over to the next level? And it doesn't always happen. Sometimes you have to repeat the lesson. And that's okay. It comes with the territory. We must embrace these aspects. Whether we entertain the idea of, of a simulated reality or not, that's okay. The fact is we're still here. We're, we're, we're still trying to lead our lives to the best of our ability day to day. And so in order to make that happen, we, we have to carry on. We have to push through. We cannot give up. And we are at a critical juncture right now in so many different areas, whether it is the state of this nation, whether it is the state of the world, the climate, the economy, the hot and cold and virtual wars that are being fought, the battle between the sexes, the relationships, and so on. I mean, it just goes from mirror to mirror, reflecting into eternity or into oblivion. So where you decide to drop in and tune in uh, is where you're going to grind. It's where you're going to find your place to dance. But you have to dance. And you need to dance like no one is watching. Do the dance of your people. And however that comes to you, again, trust your instinct. Make it work for you. We're in such a critical component now, a component, we're in such a critical sort of flux, I would say. Um, some creators are claiming that we are in a massive transition, that we are transitioning from uh, one world into the next, or in this case, one simulation to the next. Well, that's entirely possible. There isn't, hasn't been a day that's gone by that probably we haven't woken up and considered to ourselves, are we in the right timeline? <laughs> you know, I mean, when funny things happen that are somewhat unbelievable to us, to us, most of us, I, I, I shouldn't say most of us because, you know, this is like notes from the underground. I, I can't really speak for the masses and I don't, I don't intend to. There's enough, enough stuff out there for them that they can do that. I, I'm talking about us. Our gang, our tribe, you know, if you're listening to this, then you're probably thinking about things slightly different. You're willing to at least entertain the possibility of what you see 
is not just what's in front of you, that there's other stuff going on. And again, we can, we can look at our science as primitive as it is and say, yes, there's things that the human eyeball cannot see. There's certain spectrums of light and color and uh, wavelengths that we just cannot process, at least consciously. I want to suspect that we do process some of that subconsciously. It does have to affect us and it does have to come in. And so the other concept here is, is where else do we apply that sort of difference of understanding that what we see is not what we see, which means what we hear is probably also not what we hear entirely because, again, there's different frequencies of sound that we don't detect initially consciously but they're there. Think of things like binaural beats or subliminal uh, messages, even going back to the visual subliminal advertising. It's there. It affects us on a subconscious level. We cannot be afraid of the subconscious. We cannot be afraid of the dream state. It is a part of who we are. Yes, major successful people have talked about not paying attention to their subconscious. I would say that they are operating at a different level of the game where that's not necessary for them. And so they may not dream, they may not be somewhat uh, tied to their subconscious because they already have a dominant program that has led them to success, to wealth, to fame, to fortune, etc. And so they don't need that journey. Whether they're lucky, whether they're chosen, I don't know. I'm not there. But for myself and for some of the people that I know, we realize that there is power in the subconscious. We realize that there is power in the things that we cannot see and the things that we cannot hear. And so you have to wonder how much other stuff is going on around us that we're not aware of or in tune with. Why is meditation important? <laughs> that's why. That's part of it. It's to tune your instrument. You can pick up on these things and see if it's going to be useful to you. <laughs> Especially in those situations where it is challenging. And you will be challenged. You will be tested. You won't always be victorious. But sometimes you will be. And I got to tell you, when, when you feel that you are getting it, man... It's like being bulletproof. It's just awesome. When I go out and do my errands for the day and I interact with people from source, from, from, from being sort of the authentic self, the feedback is tremendous. People are happy. People are joyful. People are interested. People are valid. And so even, you know, if we joke around and say, well, maybe it's like Westworld in the sense that we have players and hosts. Well, then I'm playing the game. I'm playing the game to the fullest in this case by operating from my authentic self. And so if they are um, RPGs, <laughs> at least they're having purpose now because they're going to have engagement and so on. So, again, it's, it's all entertaining. Take it with a grain of salt, please. Make your own decisions for yourself. I'm just here to spew out some concepts that maybe you haven't considered or played with. And 
maybe you should. If you're doing something right now that is not giving you what you want, if you are engaged in an activity that is unsatisfying, you know, go back to trusting your gut. Your gut will tell you, this is bullshit. <laughs> so call it, you know, and make the change. And it, it, it does take, uh, you know, to test, testicular fortitude to do that. And for ladies, I guess it's uh, chesticles in that case, you know. And that's the thing that I'm seeing. I, I, I think where we're at here at this juncture in this country, from what I see, and granted, I have my biases because like most of you, I'm also sort of caught up in these different nodes or tunnels or tubes or loops because the AI from these different uh, platforms has designed that world for me. And so some of my information can oftentimes be skewed. It's another reason for doing this is to uh, sort of throw these things up and let them stick to the wall and, and find out, is it valid or not? Because again, we can't totally believe everything we think. So these concepts for us sometimes are necessary in order to have a dialogue and try to make some changes, at least for ourselves, or be the change in the world that we want to see. And what I see is misery as the social currency. This was a, a concept that was coined by my bestie Tai in China. We, we used to walk around the uh, park, which is usually full of uh, little old folks and little young folks, because everybody else in between is working. And, you know, you hear the grandmas scolding the children and, you know, telling them, you know, sort of terrible things. And anybody that's grown up in poverty or on the wrong side of the tracks or uh, with sort of uh, negative or neglectful or narcissistic uh, family members, they'll know this game. <laughs> that no matter what you do as a child, it's going to give a response that'll be negative. Can you imagine what that does to you when you're growing up? And so he said, hey, of course it was in Cantonese, the conversation, but it, you know, he pointed out that misery is the social, social currency. And I thought that was brilliant. And he's very brilliant anyway. I hope to get him on here pretty soon. Um, probably, probably one of the smartest people I know. And I'm, I'm, I, that's saying a lot coming from me because a lot of people say that I'm a smart guy. The only problem is, is it's like Hannibal Lecter, you know, I'm also insane. So, um, <laughs> makes me easy to catch, I suppose. Um, my friend, on the other hand, he's an avid reader, um, an avid gamer. So he has that going for him, which I don't, I don't game. Life is my video game. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to increase the customization mode as of late. <laughs> it seems to be being off now that I've left the carpet store and gone off grid. So let's have some fun with this idea. So what I'm seeing is, again, the comments here is, is that it, it seems like the feminine or the defined feminine or the female side of this equation, the yin and the yang here, is coming into place. Women are doing awesome. They're getting their own money. 
they're getting their own houses. They may have, have had a child from a previous marriage or boyfriend or something. They're raising the children on their own or child on their own. They go to the gym. They fucking slay. They kick ass. They're fit. They've got it all going on. And, and I can understand when they go online on these different platforms and say, well, you know, why do I really need a man anymore? Yeah, okay. Maybe a little lonely if, if that's the case. But think about all the shit that comes along with it. <laughs> and believe me, I'm not, I'm not beating up on men. What, I, what I'm saying is here is that women are coming into their own finally, and, and I'm all for that. And I know it's intimidating and scary to a lot of cisgendered white males, I guess, as they call them. I don't know, those fucking jargon stuff. But I can understand how that would be intimidating. If you're a guy who's sort of mediocre you've kind of middled and muddled your way through school maybe you went to college maybe you got kind of a half ads dead-end job um you know you own your vehicle or at least your, the bank owns it the you know, bank owns your house you're doing the thing and so you just play a lot of video games <laughs> that's what people do nowadays apparently and you're missing out on so much. And when you do go online, you get upset when you see these women who are just kicking ass and you say terrible things to them. At least that's what I see. And I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy that there's, there's a big portion of this country that is sitting on its ass, hiding away, Playing a video game as a form of distraction, narcotic, or maladjusted coping mechanism. We're dropping the ball. Now, I'm not going to be like Fucker Carlson or Hail Lobster, Red Skull, Jordan Peterson and say that your men need to do this, 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 and this. I, I can't speak for them. I can only speak for myself directly. And for the most part, being a lame husband. <laughs> Believe me, I've been lame for sure. Out of frustration or whatever our situation is, you know, the biggest request, of course, was, you know, you need to step up. You need to step up. Well, that's a lot of pressure when you're dealing with a lot of other things. But at least I don't have sort of the distractions of being somewhat more arrested in my development or being infantile um, by playing video games all day and living in that world, hanging out with my friends. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that it can be overdone and it's definitely having an effect on people. The other aspect of this is there is a bit of clock over from these women who are doing really well for themselves. And the pandemic, of course, pushed a lot of them into um, the category of sex worker, SW. And so maybe they started an OnlyFans account or they started you know, something like that where they would sell their spicy or racy photos or videos and so on. And for some people, it became very lucrative. The same as other influencers, whether they got lucky or whatever it may be. And so now we're dealing with 
kind of the blowback of of these strong independent women who are comfortable with selling their their images of of their body online for profit and i think it's a great hustle by the way i i'm all for it the challenge of course is that there are resistance in culture in their families uh even with banking even with the platforms themselves i mean everybody's out to to either take a piece or to uh, block the success i find that troubling throughout history in this patriarchy we have always persecuted sex work yet we are the biggest clients of sex work and so when i talk about having dialectic logic of having two sort of simultaneously opposed ideas that's a damn good example right there if you are a politician a public figure a, a person of authority in your community and you are looking down on women who are supporting themselves and their and their kids sometimes because the fucking dad is vapored um or useless uh, through things like uh, online sex work and if you're trying to block that condemn that whatever it may be but yet you go home and you participate in enjoying pornography to stimulate or masturbate or whatever else then you are full of shit <laughs> you're a fucking hypocrite and we're really good at that aside from being super off fucking excited about conspiracy theories the other thing is the hypocrisy in this country we know how to stack that shit high <laughs> in a way that i've never seen in my travels uh around the world i've been to many countries and i've experienced a lot of different cultures and not just as a tourist but you know as an expat living in those places and it is so goddamn different <laughs> about the way they think about these issues. And granted, they get hung up on other issues, of course, because that's part of their game. But this aspect in this country, the way we are going, this American, American Taliban cleric bullshit with the opposition against uh, women's right to choose and uh, women's ability to support themselves uh, through however means they want to. If, if it is uh, being a sex worker, so to speak, a virtual sex worker, that's great. Uh, if it's full-on prostitution, that's fine, too. I, you know, it's like the old joke about, uh, you know, the exciting part of, of that is that you get to sell it and you keep it and you get to sell it again. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> I really don't. And I don't think you should either because it's really got nothing to fucking do with you unless you are the provider or you are the user of that service. Oh, what about the children? Oh, the influence on the children. The children are going to get... Listen, the reason why your kids are fucked up is because we haven't put any fucking money in education. We've done everything we can to just make it nearly impossible for young people to get the information they need to make the decisions that are going to be necessary, not only now, but in the future. It's obvious that we are teaching children to prepare for jobs that aren't going to work 
that won't be there in, in 10 years. We need to adapt and we need to adapt quickly. And one of these adaptions is, is, is supporting equality. I know it's difficult in a world that is a will to power. There's never going to be complete equality. I understand that. I accept that. But like many other principles or ideas that have made this country awesome for most of us for a long time, it's that value. It's that principle. It's that idea. It's that, that desire to be better, to improve things like equality, fair pay, fair rights, these kind of things. And yes, just like our own life, as I said, it will be filled with challenges. There will be opposition. This horseshit from the ADF and trying to turn this into a theocracy. I'm sorry, America is not a theocracy, and nor should it be. It is the separation of church and state, according to our founding fathers, and we need that. Get your Bible out of my classrooms, and we'll take our classes out of your churches. It's the same thing when I was teaching overseas. Oftentimes, I'd run into missionaries who uh, posed as teachers so they could get into a country and get in a visa and then you know, use that to, to evangelize or prophesize uh, naive students. And China really frowns on that. They don't like that because they know that the, the students there are very naive when it comes to foreigners in a variety of ways. And so it takes advantage of that situation. And that's, again, that's the other concept here is, is, you know, is someone being exploited? If we continue to criminalize sex work, then the, the room for exploitation will be there. It's the same thing with legalization of uh, cannabis or other uh, drugs, psychedelics, whatever it may be. It's through criminalization and outlaw networks or forcing it underground that causes exploitation and damage to the people that participate in the process. It's the same thing with sex work. We have a high amount of trafficking. And so I understand that both sides of the equation here are trying to deal with this idea of grooming and so forth. But I would say to you that the problem is, is much deeper than that aspect. And so don't lean on this conspiracy about, you know, Hollywood Satanists eating babies and all that other bullshit. What's important here is that we get the right information to the right people and let them make a decision for themselves. It's not everybody's going to choose my way and not everybody's going to choose your way. Ideally, they choose their own way. So when I see this kind of gross spiteful, mean, malicious, intent on the freedom of women, our mothers, our sisters, our daughters, our aunties, our grandmothers. You know, the other half of this equation it may be a man's world, but it won't be shit without women in it. At least for me. We got to do better. We need to speak up.
I thought, hey, things will be fine when it comes to a woman's right to choose. But I'm hearing the alarm bells from the people that understand the issue much better than I do. And not only do they have skin in the game, they've got vagina in the game. And they're worried. And they should not be worried in 2022. So when I see these Iron Age sheep herding guide to the galaxy fanatics like Hobby Lobby, Slobby Lobby, Slobby Lobby, putting out full page ads of talking about their value system. And I went through and I highlighted the ad in the newspaper a couple weeks ago. Well, it's been a month or so, maybe a couple months ago. And everything they were looking at was happened a hundred years ago. Man, I don't want to go backwards in time. <laughs> Not for that bullshit. You know what I mean? I want to move forward. I want to I want to fly in the stars. I want to travel in space. You know, would this be utopia if we hadn't made that right turn with Reagan in the 80s? Yeah, I kind of want to believe so. <laughs> but maybe not. Anyway, those timelines have been collapsed, and now we're writing new ones. In the timeline that I want to write, I want these assholes <laughs> out of here. I want them gone. These jackass, you know, oppressive ah, judges and governors and lawmakers, they're all uptight white guys. And they're hypocrites and they're dirty. You know they're dirty. You got to be dirty to play at that level of the game. And it's disappointing that they're using they're using their their office to pass legislation to make it so difficult for us to to make changes like the right to vote. Now, I know it's going to piss a lot of people off. And I know I I have I know some pro-life people. That's fine. You can be pro-life, but you can't stop supporting all life. And this whole pro-life aspect of the GOP, which is, you know, passing these laws where you must have your rapist's baby. What the fuck is that? When I, when I hear this from legislators, I say, you know what? Let's lock them up. Let's put them in the joint. Let them feel what women feel. To be objectified. To be sexualized. To be harassed. To be abused. To have something taken, away, taken from them. The rule of thumb is, don't say things or do things onto women that you probably want done to you. Well, I'm not a woman. It can't happen to me. Well, try the slammer, buddy. <laughs> try being in the joint. You get a different perspective. Wait, old Bubba come up to you and say, mm, you're looking pretty good there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you might feel differently about things. Maybe not. <laughs> if I think about... <laughs> Uh, Tammy Faye and uh, Baker, right? Baker went to prison and he came back and he's still a fucking dirtbag. Uh, so sometimes the hustle is, is more important, I guess, than your own fucking 
your own sanity, I suppose, or your own 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 value system to do what's right by others. It's always about the Benjamins, I suppose. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so my point is this again, just to, to rephrase. If you are in a in a situation where someone who perceives themselves to be more powerful than you or to have some sort of edge or power over you decides to exploit that by harassing you either verbally, physically, spiritually, or even sexually. Take that under consideration. If you really want to be empathetic and try to understand, and, and, and believe me, there's limitations. There's only so much that, that we or myself can understand about women as a man. But what I can say is that living overseas for quite a long time, having a big break from this country and coming back with my wife at that time, and just, just watching the way that men would look at her like a piece of meat. Up and down, checking out her tits, you know. Maybe even being brave enough to, to say something to her until they realize that, you know, maybe we're together or something like that. I thought, fuck, this is like this all the time. And she said, yeah. And it shocked me. It's something I don't have to deal with. Something I don't have to worry about. Unless I was in prison. If I was in prison, you know, I'd be really fucking guarded about what I do, what I say, because I don't want to get fucked up and I don't want to get fucked. And so I think that's a good analogy. And if you're online and you're making shitty comments to people, if you're if your keyboard warrior is writing checks that your ass can't cash in the real world, you shouldn't do it. And it's hard. Trust me, I, I get it. I get into the flow sometimes myself. You know, that's part of the engagement. That's that's why we're here, is to have those exchanges. But in real life, it might be a bit different if some of the things that, that people have said in my presence of what they've said to people I've known online, that's definitely worth a headbutt and kicking you while you're on the ground to give you a, a little bit of a salty lesson. Now, granted, you can't go around beating the shit out of everybody, but you can do it on the sly. <laughs> And get the fuck out of there. Um, <clears throat> it's just just amazing to me. So obviously it's it's on my mind every time I, I engage in this platform and I talk to other people. And I definitely want to hear more from other women. I want to hear from, from women that are using social media to promote themselves or to um, generate their business or their livelihood, especially after the pandemic. We have a lot more that are doing that. And, and having some success at it in their life. And, and I want to know, I want to know what it's like. How do you deal with this cesspool of comments? How do you deal with the nonstop hot dog party of unsolicited dick pics? 
how can we manage to move forward as a society if we can't even address the common courtesy of how to talk to each other or even how to talk to the opposite sex or multiple genders. Take your place. Take, take your pick. I, don't come after me. I've had a gap not being in the country. Um, it's not an excuse, okay? But what I'm saying is, is uh, the thing about all the different genders or whatever else, pronouns and so on, um, that's not an area I want to dance in right now. I consider myself an ally. I will respect the pronouns that you use. Uh, hopefully you identify as something like an armadillo because I think that's even more interesting. Um, I can bring a litter box to the school for you if you'd like, if you're a furry, which turned out to be bullshit, by the way. And that's the thing is uh, a lot of times these wind-ups from the right wing or the right side or the uh, conservatives or the so-called normies, oftentimes it's complete horseshit. It's another conspiracy. The conspiracy was that, you know, students who identified as furries wanted litter boxes uh, at school to go to the bathroom in. And, of course, you know, that was a great wound up, wind up. And school boards and legislation, they jumped on board. Oh, what are you going to do? And it's also sort of personal to me because I know furries. You got furries in the family. And the family was divided over that because the other side of the family thought it was something absolutely horrendous and perverted. If dressing up as an animal is what helps to make you who you are and you are playing with other people that like the same thing, what's the problem? What about the children? Well, if you raise your children correctly and give them the motivation and the support they need, they can make their own decisions that are usually pretty correct with the values in your family. Granted, they're going to explore and try other things, and they should. You know they should. So it's not your parents' world, and parents, stop trying to make it your world. You gave that up when you brought this life into this, into this situation, this scenario, this simulation, this planet, this world. And so you're sort of riding two horses simultaneously, which in Zen is not a good idea. Because here you are still trying to create and live your life, and simultaneously a part of that is your prodigy, is the piece of you, your, your living embodiment of DNA that's been mixed with someone else's DNA uh, to form a, another being. And so now it's their world. And we can see it. We, we know that in some ways we've, we've gone overboard in celebrating that world for these children, and they've become very entitled. And now the challenges are facing them. What do they do? How do they react? On the other hand, we can also build an understanding around children. And as an educator, that's something that I strive to do often is to at least be sort of like the lighthouse and say, well, if you go this way, that's the rocks. Could be dangerous. You could get fucked up. Or you could try this path over here 
which is a channel that's already been created. It's open, and so you can sail right through. In China, the students will say, teachers are feeding ducks. They give us knowledge. I always argue against that. Now, granted, in Chinese education, because it is rote memorization, that model sort of makes sense. But for the bigger picture, for holistic learning, and as a holistic teacher, I want to get beyond that. I don't want to give you information, knowledge, I should say. Give us knowledge, as they like to say in the calculation. I want to give you information. Because I give students the same information in a class. What they do with that information is what becomes their knowledge. It's affected by their experiences, it's affected by their personality, it's affected by the phases of the moon, if you want to say. And that being said, it indicates that even with the same scenario, the same information, people will react differently or, or do things differently. It's so complex. The algorithm is trying. It really is. AI is trying to get there. And eventually, it will probably create a series of networks where it has pretty good understanding of a lot of these concepts because it's been able to record all of them. Everything that we've put out there, everything that's that's been scanned or digitized or whatever else has gone into that brain. And granted, there's all these different algorithms and all these different programs and all these different AIs, which is, again, this uh, just a complicated algorithm, a database that performs a series of uh, operations and checks and so on in sort of layman terms. And so these complicated mathematical structures, these algorithms that form up artificial intelligence, they haven't quite got there yet. And I don't think they ever totally can because of what they are. And so even with all of the ability to write and do deep fakes and make art and so on, we can still tell that it has no soul. How do we know that? Well, you have to have your own soul. And having a soul is a chore. It can be exhausting. Because your soul, that life force within you, and don't get hung up on the semantics of the language here. We know that, that language itself, English especially, does a very poor job with some of these concepts in definition. And so if you, if you sort of get hung up on something that I'm saying specifically, ask me again, because it could be a question of semantics related to word choice or word formation. So sometimes I'll say it in a way that I'm implying a different different meaning. And so don't, don't get too stuck on that. Always be flexible, even with me. It's important. Um, that way you don't get caught up in, in certain sort of loops or dogma that are going to prevent you from having some kind of breakthrough with these ideas. So the concept here, of course, is, is where do we define ourselves as having a soul. Are there people out there that don't have them? And I have to suspect that in some cases, yeah. There's a life force there, but but is it soulful? Is it connected to something beyond? 
in for some cases, I'd say no. And I don't really have an explanation for that, to be honest with you. And again, a lot of this is just based on natural magic in the sense of intuition. I agree with Alan Moore. Having a soul can be exhausting. It's almost a bittersweet curse in this world. To look at things differently, to be creative, to be concerned, to be caring, to be in touch with something bigger than yourself and bigger than what is around us. And I mean, it physically could be smaller, but I mean just more powerful when I say bigger in this case. Um, <laughs> it's why we get tired. It's a battle every day. Is it so simple as, as good versus evil? I don't think so. I think that's within ourselves. I definitely know it's within me. You know, the story of the old two wolves, right? Which one am I feeding? Well, fuck, I love wolves, wolves so I feed both of them. It's <laughs> probably why I'm chaotic neutral and also a, a switch in the lifestyle. Meaning I can be dominant or I can be submissive. Um, and for some people, they don't like that aspect. They, they want you to be clearly defined in your role. But I've been there. I've done that. I've had sort of those clear definitions and felt constrained by that. Because like most people with ADHD, I love that novelty, baby. That's why I love the I Ching and Tarot and all of that stuff. Dice, gambling. You guys know I'm a gambler. Um, some people don't think I'm a gambler because I usually win. And they say, why don't you gamble more? I said, well, that's the reason why. Because if you gamble more, you won't win. You won't be a winner because of that algorithm. You know, you get to a point where you hit a peak uh, where you've got a hot one, hot hand, or whatever it may be, and uh, you can play it through and take a chance on, on keeping a hot hand and winning uh, or losing it all. And those games are designed, the longer you play, you will give it all back. And that has happened to me, uh, along with other people. And so I learned sort of early on, uh, take the money and run. <laughs> if you if you got a heater, uh, you don't have to be in the same place. The heater will go with you because you're the one that's hot. But it, if it doesn't follow you, take a break. Stop. So, yeah, I'm a gambler, and it's a good analogy for my life. I'm a gambler. I've gambled on religions. I've gambled on jobs. I've gambled on places. I've gambled on ways of being. I've gambled on myself. Anything worth doing is it's going to require a risk. The greater the risk, the greater the reward. So do with that with what you will but let's get in tune with each other let's be the light or the black hole in the darkness <laughs> mainly be the protagonist in your story be the main character have some main character hair have some style play it up have fun with it People say, well, what about, what about what's going on? It might be the end of the world. Oh, yeah, well, of course. The fucking world's been ending since it started, just like you. You started dying the, the moment you came into it. None of us are getting out of here alive. 
I'm not saying that's an excuse to just do whatever the fuck you want. For the most part. You know, don't don't go uh, GTA <laughs> because, you know, you think, well, it's all a simulation. I can do whatever I want. Mm, okay. Maybe part of that simulated reality involves you getting captured and being put in prison. <laughs> Especially if you are Caucasian. More likely you will go to prison if you commit some sort of, you know, mass crime like that. For us people of color yeah that we don't really have that option we're kind of shoot on site um and that's not good either that also needs to fucking change so it's not the end of the world not as we know it it, it could be something different around the corner and if it is i want to be there and i want you to be there with me so if you want to be able to to, to navigate some of these concepts i'd love to hear from you Give me your give me your version of your values. Tell me about you. Tell me about your world, your center of universe, how you see it. And I want to hear from those people that obviously I think are interesting. And I know a lot of interesting people. I know a lot of kick-ass people because, let's face it, I'm also kick-ass. Uh, <laughs> and humble, too, apparently. But I also want to hear from 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 female perspectives, because that, that's really my interest, trying to improve myself as a man, but also as a human being. In this recent situation of mine, I know that I didn't do as well as I could have, and that will haunt me for quite a while. I'm not going to beat myself up about it too much because I've, I've just resolved to move forward and to learn from what I did. I compromised too much for my authentic self. And like, you know, it's kind of like when you get dogs in the house and they get all fucking neurotic because we anamorphosize them and so on. It's something very similar for me in this case. Having a long-term relationship um, without sort of completely adapting or changing in order to make it work in a way that was effective for both parties involved um, caused a lot of static for me and made me unhappy. Ultimately, I can't, I cannot blame, I cannot blame my partner. I'm not willing to do that. Whether there is uh, narcissism there or whatever else, it does not matter because ultimately I'm in charge of myself and that's, that's a work in progress. Sometimes I'm out of control. He's out of control. Um, but I try to always bring it back to center. That's why I chew Adderall. <laughs> don't chew your Adderall, folks. Please don't. Um, so I, I mean, I want to improve. I want to. I want to be. I want to be better. I don't want to make the same mistakes that I made in this last relationship, a long-term relationship. I mean, nearly twenty-two years. I mean, it's one of the longest relationships I've ever had. And the fact that, that looking back and thinking how fucking miserable I was because of myself, that's pretty sad. And, and I could see why and how it affected my significant other. I mean, people change. But in a relationship, I think that if, if you are traumatized and injured 
and you don't deal with that shit, just like it says, you will bleed all over those who had nothing to do with it. And eventually, they start bleeding. And so I went from from sort of the, the honeymoon phase into um, sort of the rejected phase um, early on to sort of a, an uncertainty phase. And then wanting to hang in there to do the right thing, even at the cost of my sanity and my happiness. And of course, it doesn't work. It always bubbles out. You create situations or scenarios for yourself because if people gravitate to what they really believe they think they deserve, then even if they are with a fantastic person, a good person, a kind person, a loving person, a beautiful person, um, they'll fuck that up. I know because I did it. I'm not proud of it, but I'm going to call it like it is. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to own that shit as much as possible. I have to. And, and I can't I can't continue to point fingers and put blame and say, well, you know, this happened, that happened. Yes, of course it did. But how I decided or how I reacted to that is is the thing that has brought me to this point where I'm here in my early 50s, single again, uncertain uh, of what the next situation may be. I've got to, you know, take care of some business related to separation and divorce and so on. And uh, also probably career uh, aspects as well. Oddly enough, I'm not too worried. I was devastated in the moment, of course, as most people would be. But then just that gap, just that, just that break of not walking around on eggshells in my own house and being pumped full of cortisol because I don't know how to interact with, with my wife in a way that is healthy and productive and takes us to the next level um, has been nothing but hell. It's been hell on me and it's been hell on her. And of course, uh, in the process of being separated, uh, I've strayed uh, at least one time for sure. I say at least because, you know, there's always the, the online thing. You know, the virtual infidelity, which I'm famous for. So, if anything, um, I will always be somewhat poly or a relationship anarchist. I like that idea much better than all this other nomenclature that they come up with, poly, blah, blah, blah. A relationship anarchist. That makes sense to me. And that's where we're at. Maybe I'm also a metaphysical anarchist. <laughs> so, that's where we're at with your local 666 666 269 podcast. Okay, good enough. So there you go. There's an hour of content for you. We're all over the board as usual. Um, until we get, get into the groove, that's where we're at. So hang on for the bumpy ride. And uh, if you think you got something that you want to add to that, let me know. So like, follow, comment, all that other crap. I'm not here to make money. I'm not here to be famous. I'm here to make a connection. And so if I hear all that whining about, you know, this and that, about 
your your platform or your profile and you know blah blah blah. I don't care. I don't care. That's the game. That's on them. Uh, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. These are all platforms where you are the product. You are the product. You are the commodity. They need us more than we need them. They've convinced us that we need them, but we don't. We can find other ways to connect to each other in mass, and it's coming. Because we're not going to be, you're not going to be sort of beholden to these types of policies that that promote some of the values that we are not in favor for. There's definitely a large uh, amount of misogyny and bigotry and double standards when it comes to things like TikTok for creators. Same thing, Facebook has uh, obviously stepped on its dick multiple times, pushing agendas of the far right. Um, and, of course, they took over Instagram, which is, is gave everyone a case of FOMO, fear of missing out. Even for myself, people realize that, that you know, like, wow, you guys are getting separated. I didn't even know you had problems. You guys look perfect and all this other stuff. Because that's what they see online. <laughs> they don't see the, the, the yelling and the tears and the, and the other horse shit that's behind the curtain. Because we don't, you don't put that online. You don't put that on Instagram. Nobody gives a shit. Because that's reality to a certain extent. So... I want to be better. Help me to be better. Let me hear from you. Set up a time. Give me your give me your take on all of this. I'll be glad to listen and I'll be glad to share it with people. Maybe we can come up with some sort of solution for all of us. Until the next time, stay true to yourself. Be authentic in all ways. When in doubt, knock them out. Love you, babies. Be good. Catch you on the flip.